Hey, hey, welcome to episode 47 of the Authors Read Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Ted W. Baxter, and he'll read from his book, Relentless, How a Massive Stroke Changed My Life for the Better. Chapter 1. Four Days, Four Flights. I was at the top of the totem pole. I had surpassed all others on my globetrotting climb to the top of the financial industry. I was a man on a mission, a constant blur of motion, as I steadfastly pursued my career goals. I have a resume that would impress the best of the best. I spent years devoting nearly every waking moment to the Pricewaterhouse Financial Services Consulting Group. I started and grew their Tokyo division which led to my designation as partner. When that challenge was no longer enough, I left Pricewaterhouse and joined Credit Suisse First Boston as the regional financial controller for Asia Pacific. When they moved me back to Manhattan to serve as the America financial controller and then on to global managing director of financial systems and strategy, I found myself bored once again I needed an even greater challenge. I had to keep moving. So my wife and I relocated yet again to Chicago so I could take the position of global controller at Citadel, one of the most successful hedge fund companies in the world. At 41, at the peak of my game, I was the go-to guy in the financial services arena. I have an impressive resume but it didn't come without a great deal of effort. And in an instant, it was all gone. I remember bits and pieces of the weeks leading up to my collapse. For instance, I remember being impressed by the view as my wife and I landed on Mauritius, an island off the coast of Africa, en route to an all-inclusive resort. As would be expected, we were dressed for relaxation we walked out of the airport into the bright sunshine, with sunglasses in place and shorts showing off our untanned skin. Winter in Chicago had, as usual, been brutally long. Things were starting to thaw there, but it would be another month at least before we had day-to-day nice weather. We were in major need of a warm getaway, and I remember the sun feeling exceptionally good despite my wandering mind. I was, as always, thinking about work, wondering if the last presentation had sealed the deal with a stubborn international client. Those concerns had me checking my email via BlackBerry as often as possible. What are you doing? Kelly asked as someone had to weave around me, my nose pointed directly at the mobile screen. Just checking my email, I mumbled in reply, too busy absorbing what I was reading to meet her eyes. Don't worry about your email, Ted. Look, this place is beautiful. Though the words were true, her voice lacked its usual conviction, and that did make me take notice. I placed an an arm around her shoulders, thinking that she really could use the sun. Her face was quite pale. Then my Blackberry beeped an alert. 
and my eyes were back on the small screen. When we climbed into the back of the car that would take us the rest of the way to the resort, I looked up at Kelly again. She was resting her head against the black leather seat. I poured a drink from the decanter beside me and offered her one. She shook her head ever so slightly, turning the drink down. Is there a gym at the resort? I asked, believing that conversation would help her perk up. Yes, you aren't going to work out this week, are you? She replied. Of course I am. I always do, I answered. It was an argument that she couldn't win. So she just shook her head at me, as she often did. Try to join the vacation, Ted. I chuckled and slid in closer to her. I will. She smiled, but still didn't lift her head. Are you okay? I asked, feeling the warmth of the back of her head seeping into my arm. I'm okay. I think I must have forgotten motion sickness on the plane. I knew that wasn't the case, and so did she. <laughs> but we did have been together for four years, and at all the time I knew her, she never suffered from motion sickness. Uh, a fever took hold of her later that day, and she spent the majority of her time in Mauritius in bed with the flu. Without my wife to keep me from it, I worked. That's how I was and what I did. I spent most of our trip using the resort's Wi-Fi, keeping in contact with my colleagues and my clients. Many were all too happy to take a trip to the African island to meet with me in person. After all, Kelly was right. The place was beautiful. A week later, with Kelly feeling much closer to her normal self. Though without the tan that she had so hoped for, we boarded a flight headed back to Chicago. When do you leave? She asked as we buckled into our seats. After taking the requested pillow from the stewardess, I turned to Kelly. I leave Sunday. Shouldn't be gone more than four or five days. I went to Europe on business about six to eight weeks. What time? I'll have to check the itinerary. Overnight, though, 10-hour direct flight to London, then on to Luxembourg, and I think that'll be the only other stop this time. That's good, she said, accepting a cocktail from the stewardess. A devious grin tugged at her lips as she looked up at me and sank deeper into the airline chair. I watched her take a sip of her drink, and then she set her hand on my arm. It's not that all bad, you know. Comfy pillows, drinks, and snacks. I could get used to flying all of this time. I laughed. Well, it's not at all if it's cracked up to be, you know. I responded, leaning back a little farther in my own chair. That flight to London on the Sunday after we returned from Mauritius was the first of four international flights that I would take in a number of four days. The final flight of the four was the return trip from London to Chicago on Thursday. On this flight, I was exhausted, which was, wasn't like me. and I figured it was just lack of sleep, jet lag, and being away from home for so long.
Can I get you anything else, sir? The stewardess asked, handing me the pillow. No, thank you. This will be fine. Can you just wake me ten minutes before we land for a cup of coffee, please? I said. Of course, sir. Sleep well. Whether or not her words had anything to do with it, I can't say, but I do know that I slept that entire flight. I didn't wake for the meal, a drink of water, or a trip to the bathroom. Sir, it's time to wake up. Sir, I have a cup of coffee for you, she said in a sweet voice. I smiled and thanks. I took a sip of the coffee. I never sleep through an entire flight. It was Thursday afternoon, and I was checking the incoming emails on my BlackBerry on my way way out of the airport when my limo driver called me out to, to me. Good afternoon, sir. How's your flight? It was then that I noticed that I wasn't walking right. I found myself limping every four or five steps as I walked over to the limo. It was fine, thank you. Are you all right, sir? Yes, I'm fine. Just tired from the flight, I answered, further baffled at the fact that despite the hours of uninterrupted sleep, it was a true statement. The driver glanced at my leg as I got in. I guess my limp was more obvious than I thought. Leg is bothering me. Too much time sitting on the plane, I guess. Rubbing it in a bit as I sat on the soft leather seat. The driver didn't say anything more, and I promptly put the thought out of my mind. There was work to do, and besides, this was the first time I had trouble with my legs. I had long since given up on the, on the idea of having legs free of varicose veins. I had asked several doctors about them, and, they, and I was always told that the noticeable veins in my legs were superficial and not the dangerous kind. Even if I had them stripped for cosmetic reasons, varicose veins like mine usually come back anyway. Genetics at its finest. Genetics at its finest. When I arrived home, Kelly greeted me as soon as I walked in the door. Welcome home, she said, and then gave me a small kiss on my cheek before quickly returning to what she had been doing before I walked in. I watched her make her way to the kitchen. She had laid a stack of my email and my, and my mail on the entry table, like usual. So I grabbed it on my way to my office. You're not going, going out, are you? She called me from the other room. No, I'm going to get these bells paid and get stuff ready for work tomorrow. Do you need any help getting unimpacked? She asked, sticking her head into the doorway. I smiled and shook my head. Even though traveling was part of my routine, she always seemed excited to see me come home. No, I'll do it. I've got to get my gym back packed anyway. She rolled her eyes and walked away. I knew that most people didn't work out like I did, but it was a part of my routine that I wasn't willing to, to part with. So the next day, like every day, I would wake up by five so I could be in the city by six. That gave me an hour to work out and a few minutes to get cleaned up before I had to be at the office. Kelly laughed at me, but she was health conscious too. We both maintained a healthy diet, 
didn't smoke or take re recreational drugs and drank infrequently in moderation. Physical fitness was a priority for us in life. And for me, not only did it allow me to feel good, but it didn't hurt my image in business either. I was the picture of good health, except my leg hurt. The stroke. When we walked out of our home an hour or so later to get some dinner, Kelly asked me about my leg. Why are you limping? I'm not limping. My leg is just a little sore. I rubbed it and made a conscious effort to walk naturally. What do you want to eat? Susie, you okay? Sounds great, I answered, opening the front door for her. We arrived at our favorite local sushi restaurant in the next town over and were seated in the dining room. Don't you want a drink? Kelly asked after the waiter came to take our drink order, and I declined anything other than water. Typically, I would have ordered a large hot sake and enjoyed every warming sip with our sushi, as I had done when I lived in Tokyo. Not tonight. Just water is fine, I said. She looked at me with a funny expression, but she let it go and told me about how she spent her time while I was away, saying once again how much she wished that she hadn't been sick on a trip. I was happy to keep up the usual stream of conversation, happy to be seated across from her, eating the delicious meal. But when the bill came, I quickly pulled out my card and handed it to the waiter. I was ready to go home. Would you do me a favor tomorrow? I asked Kelly as we walked through the front door of our home. Can you call and schedule me an appointment with a doctor? Just some time later this month, after your appointment. Are you, are you all right? She asked. Concern covered her face. I can try to get you in sooner. I'm fine. It's just that my leg is sore. Sometimes it feels like I'm experiencing growing pains. The doctor will just say the same. He always does, I'm sure. Don't worry about the pain. It's no big deal. But it feels worse than usual. I rubbed my hand over it, and she agreed to make the call for me. I made my way to our bedroom and sighed as I sank into the couch in the, in the sitting room of our master suite. Kelly laughed and fell back in the chair beside me. You're not going to sleep already, are you? It's only eight o'clock. Nah, not yet, I said groggily picking up a men's health magazine. I really was tired, but I flipped a few pages until I came to an article of interest. Look, maybe I should start taking this supplement, I said, showing her the article. You already take a few different ones, she answered. I pointed to the list of the four supplements men should be taking. I was already taking three of the four. The apprentice was on, and a few minutes into the show, Kelly asked, did you see that commercial? I picked up the remote and rewound it, thinking again how wonderful TiVo was. I watched the commercial, but didn't respond. Did you see that? She asked again, looking to me, surprised that I didn't have a comment to make about it. What's wrong? 
don't you think that's funny? I didn't respond. I realized, I realized I couldn't respond. Suddenly, I couldn't get my mouth to form any words. I was extremely lightheaded and I began to shiver. I felt pain in my head like a really bad migraine, but something I had never ever experienced before. I couldn't say anything and nothing made any sense. Come on, Ted, it was funny and you know it. It wasn't that bad. I didn't answer. I could answer. I was too busy, almost dying. I'd like to thank Ted for sharing his book with us today. And thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time.